Lord, you are so good. You are so good. You are holy, Lord God. Lord, you are awesome. You are awesome. Lord God, your glory just shines on us, Lord God. Just light up this place, Lord God. Light up our hearts, Lord God. We give you glory and honor and praise, Lord God. We worship you and you alone, Lord God. We just thank you for all things, Lord God. All things. Oh, you are holy, 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 Lord God. Lord God, you gave us your Holy Spirit to be with us, to dwell in us, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you praise and glory and honor. And Lord, we just thank you for the strength that you put in us, Lord God. We just thank you for your grace, Lord God, your love, Lord God. Lord God, we just want to draw closer to you, Lord, closer to you, Lord. Lord God, make us holy. Lord God, we just thank you for washing us with, with the blood of Jesus Christ from head to toe and fingertip to fingertip, Lord. For making us white as snow, Lord God. Forgiving us of all our sins, Lord God. Uh, you had already known that you were going to forgive me for my sins, Lord God, since the creation of time. And Lord, you were, ah, you were just awesome. Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we just glorify you. We thank you for your presence, Lord God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord God, and we just thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord God. You said we're two or more gathered. There you, there you are in the midst of us. Lord God, we just thank you for your son. Lord, we just thank you for the strength that you have, you have given us. We thank you for the angels that they can minister to us. When we just, sometimes we get weak. When I am weak, then I am strong, Lord. That is your word, Lord God. So let me be weak, Lord God. Because you are strong, and I am strong in you, Lord. And I just thank you for that, Lord God. You have revealed so much through your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit just continue to teach us all things. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We just thank you for your presence. Hmm. Yes, Lord. We just thank you for your presence. Hmm. Oh, Lord. You are my pillar, my rock. There is none greater than you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Hey, guys, we, we just want to, we're going to take some time and pray tonight, but I just want to minister to the body first. I feel like God showed me a few things in worship that he was doing, but I'm going to invite you if if uh, you were seeing something that the Holy Spirit was showing you in worship, uh, something that will minister to the body. Let me just clarify, sometimes we get things from the Lord that are personal. Some things we get, sometimes we get things that are corporate. And so if you feel like you got a corporate picture or a word, go ahead and come up and I'm going to turn this thing on and I'm going to share with you. Um, during worship, I just kept hearing, the earth is the Lord's footstool. And this is not a demeaning thing. The Lord is resting upon the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Lord is seated in his throne. And we are seated with him. But it says the earth is his footstool. The Lord wants to tabernacle. He wants to dwell with us. Father God wants to inhabit where we are as a temple, our homes, our cities, our nation.
So I just want to release that exhortation and that encouragement that no matter what is going on, the kingdom of heaven cannot be displaced. God cannot be displaced off of his throne. Whatever we are dealing with, health, anxiety, whatever oppression, wars, rumors of wars, this is his earth and the nations are his. You are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. He came for your family. He came for you. And he wants you to know that he wants to rest in your midst. So just take that opportunity. If there's anything in you that hasn't fully surrendered, this is that time to take it. We want to go a, a deeper level with the Lord. Lord, whatever is in me that is not of you, Lord, you displace that thing. The enemy cannot displace you from my heart. The enemy cannot displace you from ruling in my home, in my marriage, with my kids, with my land, with my career field, with my fields, whatever it is. The Lord is resting with us, and he displaces the enemy in Jesus' name. When we started, and Scott read the the card from from Lori, Lori Gosler, just getting a picture of like city streets with the fire hydrants just popping off and just shooting geysers of water, like you know, 50 feet in the air, and just like the lids of things just popping off and water just gushing out of the streets. And then later in worship, it was like I was seeing like a huge ocean of water with huge waves of water. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, you cannot contain me. You cannot contain me. There's so much of me, you wouldn't even have a chance of trying to stop all of me and he wants to be with us more than we want him I think sometimes when we're in worship we might we're wondering we're waiting but he's like at the door he wants to be dwelling with us tabernacling with us more than we want him Lord come and tabernacle with us Lord the earth is your footstool Rest on us, Lord. Rest on us. We've been praying, overfill us. Overtake us. Lord, just, we can't wait, Lord God. We just want more of you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. As we were worshiping, uh, just, you know, I had my hands up and I had my fingers pointed like that, and it just went like this, and it left a vapor trail. It's like, like usually you would do it in water, you know, just, and, and you could see behind the ripples behind your hand. This was in the sky, uh, and it just went like that, just briefly. Don't know what it means, but I saw it, and I don't know on earth as it is in heaven. I believe the heavens were coming down. It just, you know, it was just just a vapor trail ball like that long. I, I don't see too many, not since the sixties. This one here is just, you know, just like that. Just this finger. So good, so good. Mm. It's a little hot there. Well, I heard in, in worship this declaration. <clears throat> you guys just go ahead and close your eyes. Just, just rest in the Lord's presence tonight. 
That vapor that John is describing, that's the presence of the Lord all around us. That's the realm of the Spirit. The kingdom realm is all among us. I asked the Lord, what, what are you doing in the room? And it looked like we were in a bowl of jello, totally filled to the ceiling, just engulfed in his presence. I mean, it wasn't actual jello. It was just, he's just showing me that's how full his fullness is all around us. And I believe that he was unlocking things in each person here. And I saw, I, well, and I asked him, what, what else? Well, I, I just asked him, what are you doing in the room? And that was the first picture. And then I saw, I saw like a coiling, a coiling around us, around individuals that was being undone. He was undoing whatever it is, whatever Whatever it is that's been wrapped around you in this last week, this last season, the Lord is undoing it. And I heard, I heard the kingdoms of our God have become the kingdoms of our Lord. I'm sorry, let me start over. The kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and of His Christ. And He shall reign forever and ever. So, Lord, we declare over our lives what you're doing, the undoing, the uncoiling in your presence. We just, we break those chains tonight. We break off the coils. We break off the heaviness. As Jen was declaring, we take off those backpacks of heaviness and we rest in the, in the light, in the, 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 it's not weightlessness, but we take on your yoke, Jesus. We cast off our burdens. We take your yoke upon us. We thank you, Lord, that you are singing over us songs of deliverance. You're uncoiling the vines, the sticker bushes, the, the snake, whatever it is of the enemy, the different expressions of darkness that have tried to get on us and tried to restrain us. And we thank you, Lord, that in your presence tonight, there is freedom now. Freedom now. Just say freedom. Freedom over my life. We sing it. We sing it. All of his promises are yes. They are yes and amen. So, Lord, we thank you for the promise that in Christ we are free. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the last thing I, I was sensing, <clears throat> as re- the Lord is reminding me that it's important that you and I know what defines us. They say, and I believe it, that we get our identity from our fathers. Sorry, Nathan. <laughs> I had pretty good, I've got a pretty good dad, so I'm, I'm pretty grateful. But we get our identities, we get, we, we get who we are from our earthly fathers oftentimes. Now maybe that bothers you. Maybe you're thinking, well, my earthly father had a lot of issues. Again, I'll say, I've got a good dad. He's right there. But maybe your earthly father had a lot of issues. The good news is, Father God has now redefined you. His thoughts define you. What he says about you is who you are. So just keep your eyes closed. Just let's just ask him together. And I'm gonna I'm gonna speak out what I hear. If you hear him say a definition of what he says about you, I want you to declare it. You gotta release your voice. If you hear it, you need to speak it out. There's power in your words. There's power on your tongue to create, to release life and to create. So Father God, let's just ask him together. Father God, what do you think about us? Who do you say we are? What are your thoughts about us?
You're precious to me. I love you with an everlasting love. I am your defender and great protector. I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, daughter. I've clothed you in royal robes of righteousness. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far I've removed your transgressions from you. I hear him say for someone, I am giving you wings of eagles, wings like an eagle's wings to soar and to rise on. You are powerful in the spirit realm. You are well equipped. If you hear something, just speak it out. I know I've got the microphone, but just speak it out. repeat some of these. You are the apple of my eye. You are my prized possession. I'm jealous over you. You are victorious. You are valiant. You are victorious. You are valiant. You are an overcomer. You are courageous. You're going to make it. You've got what it takes. You are not afraid. You are not afraid. I am with you more than you could ever understand. I didn't hear anything unbiblical, so that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's so important, guys. It's so important for us to do that now and then, just to, to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to hear. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of truth, through the word of Christ. That word, when you look at that in Romans, that word for hearing, hearing the word, the word, it's rhema. I thought, oh, it's God. I figured it should be logos, you know. Faith comes by hearing. And faith does come by hearing the Bible being read out loud. That's why I love to read the scriptures out loud. I love to encourage people to read the Bible out loud. Not only is it good just to hear it going in your ears as it's coming out your mouth, but it just reinforces the truth and it keeps you from being lost in distractions. If you're like me, you read silently. And then you're like, okay, what line did I just read? I need to read that again because I was thinking about something I need to do. But if you declare, read the word of God. But faith comes by hearing, hearing the word, the rhema word. That's the freshly spoken word of God. In other words, we need to hear what the Holy Spirit is bringing from his word to our spirit in the moment we need to hear him now. So... Everything I heard was biblical, I think. I don't know. Maybe you can challenge, check, not challenge, check, well, challenge me, yeah. Challenge me. Check in with me later. Hey, we're, let's, we're going to go ahead and take some time. We're going to pray for Israel. Psalm 122, I didn't put the whole thing up there, but it says, pray and seek for Jerusalem's peace, for all who love her will prosper. O Jerusalem, May there be peace for those who dwell inside your walls and prosperity in your every palace. I intercede for the sake of my family and friends who dwell there, that they may all live in peace. That's scripture, so we're going to do that. We're going to pray. 
So if, if you have a, a prayer that you want to pray out loud over the mic, I'm just going to, we're recording everything, so I'm just going to ask you just to grab the mic and just to, let's just take five, ten minutes and let's pray. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord. God, we just praise your holy name. We just thank you, Lord. Lord, when 9-11 was here, I was angry and and I had this vile uh, anger in me and rage. And I asked, I remember asking, Lord, take this away. Why am I caring? I can't do nothing. And it, it remained for several days until the Lord almost said it just almost, it was like it was audible. This is for your leaders. So we pray for our leaders. They will handle the situation. God knows what he's doing and he put our leaders there. So right now, Lord God, I just uh, lift up all of Israel's leaders, Lord God. That you just give them wisdom, Lord God. Give them faith, Lord God. Give them love, Lord God. Let them be humans, Lord God, with, with, with feelings, Lord God. Let them do the right thing, Lord God. This is war, Lord God. So we do understand what has to happen, Lord. Let it be quick, Lord God. Spare the innocent, Lord God. Protect the innocent, Lord God. The children the women, the men that don't have a clue, Lord God, that don't even want to be in it, Lord God. Spare them, Lord God. But Lord, let your hand be on every soldier, every person, everybody in Jerusalem, Lord God. Just send your angels, mighty angels, mighty angels, Lord God. Lord God's just give them strength, Lord God. Lord God, minister them, minister to them, Lord God. Let the soldiers do what soldiers do, Lord God. Lord God, give them strength to do what that has to be done, Lord. We just thank you for uh, Israel. We thank you for all of Israel. And we know that Israel will always be Israel. It will be here no matter how long. It's going to be. We just thank you for Israel, Lord God, and all the people in Israel, Lord God. We thank you for all the innocent people, Lord God. Lord God, we just lift up for the families that have lost loved ones, Lord God. Lord God, just, just comfort them, Lord God. Just comfort them, Lord God. Give them strength to make it through this, Lord. Lord God, take away the hate and the rage, Lord God. Just take it away because it's, it's something that we don't need, Lord God. That is not of Jesus Christ. So right now we just rebuke that. We just give it to you, Lord God. We put it on the cross, the foot of the cross, Lord. We just ask that you just take it, Lord, in your hands, in Jesus' name. So it does say to pray for our leaders. It says that in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. Where it says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet, godly and dignified, a quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is a very unusual event that we, this that Israel has experienced, and the atrocities are unfathomable on every single level. 
and it just seems like an impossible situation. How did this happen? How did this occur? Where do we go from here? What happens to all these people? We do bless Israel. We bless Israel and we say shalom to Israel. Peace over Israel. Peace over Jerusalem. Peace over all the hearts and minds in Israel, in Jerusalem. We lift up the leaders, Lord, and say, Lord, surround them with with beacons of light that only show your truth, Lord God, that are showing the way to Jesus. Lift the veil off their eyes. All of the leaders. Lift the veil off the eyes in, in, the, in the enemies of Israel. just like felt like this has been an opportunity where God is challenging us to pray higher. Pray for the impossible things. He is the God of multiplication. Lord, multiply the supplies in Israel and in Jerusalem. Multiply their, their supply. Only you can do that, Lord. You did it before and you'll do it again. Lord, take the veil off the off the, the the enemy's eyes. Render them dumbfounded. Return the hostages to their families. Cause the enemy to be so dumbfounded, Lord God, reveal your true nature to them. Reveal the Son to them, Lord. Reveal yourself to them that they would just break and weep, that they would see the atrocity that's been committed. That they would repent, Lord, and turn back to you. Lord, that there be such a great conviction over every person in, that, in those lands that their hearts would begin to turn toward you. We bless Israel. And it says, you bless those who bless Israel. We bless Israel. And I was reminded of another thing just a few nights ago where, you know, sometimes forgiveness can be a very difficult thing. How can we possibly forgive? even my own uh, personal hurts from family members that I've had. And how do you know when you need to forgive? How do you know? You'll know. The anger will rise up in you and the bitterness will rise up in you and rage will begin to rise up in you because of unforgiveness. But when we look at what Jesus, how he forgave so much in us, that mountain of sin, that mountain of death that was in us. The debts that we think are owed to us are infinitely small. Lord, we forgive. Hmm? We forgive our enemies. And that leads me to the other, the other verse that Holy Spirit was speaking to me. In Matthew 5, 43 through, through 45, it says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Amen. 
We're to love our enemies, even when it doesn't make sense. And that's not an easy thing to do. Lord, help us to show love toward our enemies. Lord, only you can heal the hurts and the traumas that have occurred. You are the God of the impossible, and only you can heal those hurts and traumas. Only you can lift the veil. But Lord, we were once your enemy, and you loved us, and you brought us close. We bless Israel. We ask that your salvation, your, your kingdom would be revealed. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody okay? I thought I saw a hand pop up. I'm seeing things tonight. Oh, one last time, guys. Let's just pray in the Spirit. Let's just keep it as simple in your heart, but let, let the Holy Spirit take our prayer tonight and just release the answer for this week, for this, this evening, for the week to come. Holy Spirit, God, we release the peace of God. Let your peace, your protection fall upon Jerusalem, for the sake of your people, God, let your spirit fall and release peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, if, if you have been on social media, you're, you're going to realize there's so much opinion, so many thoughts, you know, in, in, any, in any place where there's war, you're going to have atrocities on both sides. Sometimes they call it collateral damage. It feels like that totally dehumanizes the reality, but, you know, that's what it is. And, you know, there's, there's evil on, on both sides. And, and we're thinking, you know, how, how can we, you know, you've got people protesting on college campuses and in cities and all around the world even, large cities. I mean, the UK right now has tens of thousands of Muslim supporters going to the streets, chanting and supporting Hamas. And, and then there's us who, who, you know, we're, as Christians, you know, we, we understand our connection to the land of Israel and to the biblical command to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and to pray for Israel because of, because of our biblical connection. I mean, I don't need to, to teach and preach the significance. That's the nation that our King Jesus was born in. He is the King of the Jews. But then we're tied in, you know, we were grafted into the, to the vine. So I, I did feel like in the Lord just to, just to go over a few scriptures, just to kind of help. Maybe it's just going to help me. Maybe it won't help you. I, I think the scriptures will help you. It should. I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't um, have compassion for even Hamas as well as the people of Gaza. I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't have compassion for the warriors in Israel or the people that have suffered loss. There's been so much confusion over the deck, over the centuries as to who the land belongs to. And this is, this is a territorial battle that is talked about in the Bible. This goes all the way back to our spiritual father, Abraham, his wife, Sarah, and their promised son, who we know was Isaac, 
But because they didn't have patience to wait for the spiritual promise Isaac to be born, as you all know the story, Sarah said, Abraham, you're getting to be an old guy. You better just sleep with my, my servant, Hagar. And that's where we get the name Ishmael. Ishmael was born. And in the New Testament, we understand that Ishmael is basically doing it your way instead of God's way, instead of trusting in the promise. You know, we take that word and, you know, we don't want to create an Ishmael, right? We all heard that maybe over the years. But the reality is those were two actual human boys and their descendants are who we are now seeing at war between each other. Israel, Palestine, or I don't know how big you want to put a name on that, but, but the, the, tribe that, the tribe of the world that has come from Ishmael. It's the, it starts with a P. It's not Palestinian, but Persian, the people of Persia, that region. So there it is. But we also need in this season right now not only to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we also need to pee. To pee. No, I know. I mean, <laughs> no, you might. <laughs> we also need to pray for the peace of our nation. Yes. Because our connection as a nation to the, to the nation of Israel is very strong. And there's so much connected to the two. Uh, I'm not going to even try to go into, but we have our own concerns here. So we need to pray for our borders and our leaders and our safety, the peace of America. And even as we pray for the peace of, of Israel and Jerusalem, and so we pray for the peace of the United States of America, we, we understand there's darkness in each place. The people of Israel have people that are serving the enemy just as much as people in the United States are serving the enemy. Totally given over to the deeds of darkness, right? We know. But our command from the Word of God is to pray for Israel. We're going to take a look at some scriptures. Are you guys cool? Are you guys good? It's, uh, ooh, 749. <sighs> okay, I'm going to put a few of them up, and I'm going to read some of it that's not on the slide. So this is from Romans chapter 3. This is from the Passion Translation. If you want the, the verse numbers, I can give them to you later. But this is, I, I need bifocals, really because I can't see what number that is, but it looks like it's probably around verse 9. So around verse 9 it says, So are, are we to conclude that we Jews are superior to all others? Is this a battle of Israel is better than Gaza, the people of Gaza? There, there's Christians in both lands. I'm, I shouldn't rabbit trail, sorry. Are we to conclude that we Jews are superior to all others? Certainly not, for we have already proven that both Jews and Gentiles, the whole world, are all under the bondage of sin. And the scriptures agree, for it is written, there is no one who always does what is right. No, not even one. There you go, Grandma. Wink, wink. <laughs> there is no one with true spiritual insight. Let's see, I won't pick on him. <laughs> No, this, this is not, don't, don't apply this to yourself. This is just this, the reality that we're all on an evil, evil, we're all on an even playing field, right? We come to Christ, there's not one of us that's better than the other. So there's no one with true spiritual insight, there is no one who seeks after God alone. All have deliberately wandered from God's ways, all have become depraved and unfit. Kindness has disappeared from them all. Not even one is good. Boom. There you have it. We are all in the same boat. And where's that boat going? Down a river called Hades. <laughs> Is that okay to say? <laughs> or some would say, to hell in a handbasket. Let me just look at, I've marked where I got some of this on the slide. Around verse 15 it says, I think that's 15. I'm just going to read it instead of trying to tell you what verse number. I don't think you guys are too concerned. 
I'll point it out to you later in my passion translation here. I really do need to get a large print Bible, so you'll know the day that I have it. Now, we realize that everything the law says, it's talking about the Ten Commandments, the Torah, not just the Ten Commandments, but the books of the law. So everything the law says is addressed to those who are under its authority. This is for two reasons. So that every excuse will be silenced with no boasting of innocence. There's no one who can boast of innocence. God's, the law of God makes it clear. You're a sinner. You, sinner. (laughs) I'm looking at the mirror right now, actually. I go in that restroom over there and look in the mirror, and I say, yep, you're a sinner too. Sinner, 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 sinner. Okay, that's where we started, right? Okay. And so that the entire world will be held accountable to God's standards, for by the merit of observing the law... Just so in case you're here tonight thinking, if I'm good enough, if I, if I obey God enough, I'll get into heaven. I'm good. Paul said to the Romans here, he says, For by the merit of observing the law, no one earns the status of being declared righteous before God. For it is the law that fully exposes and unmasks the reality of sin. Sin sin. The law, the Ten Commandments, they're like a mirror for you and I. All we got to do is look at the law and it shows us who we are. Simply put, you're a lawbreaker because at some point you've broken one of them. Here we go. The next verse, whatever it is. Oh, I wasn't going to try to worry about it. It's up on the screen for you guys. But now, independently of the law, the righteousness of God is tangible and brought to light through Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scriptures prophesied would come. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And now, all who believe in him receive that gift, for there is really no difference between us. For we, are, we have all sinned and are in the need of the glory of God. That's where yours ends. I'm going to keep reading a little bit more. Yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us, all because of Jesus, the anointed one, who has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin. Amen. That's a good word right there. This thing disconnected from the internet. Yes, amen. Maybe I can get um, get Ethan to click on the next slide for me. Would you go back there? Well, until it comes back online here, I'll I'll just I'll own you. Just hit the the space bar to get us to the next one. There we go. Jesus' God-given destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins. And now he is our mercy seat because of his death on the cross. We come to him for mercy. Oh, I have that on the next one too. Go ahead and click it. Oh, I guess not. I went too far. Oh, well. We come to him for his mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. So Ethan got us a little bit ahead there. I'm going to skip. Now we're going to go right to the end of chapter 3, and it says, Where then is there room for boasting? Have you ever felt like boasting in your goodness? Do our works bring God's acceptance? Not at all. It was not our works of keeping the law, but our faith in his finished work that makes us right with God. So our conclusion is this. I think I have that on the next one. So our conclusion... Oh, I guess not. I totally tried to make notes in my Bible where the slide stopped and started. But So just don't read that. Listen to me just for a second. So our conclusion is this. God's wonderful declaration that we are righteous in his eyes can only come when we put our faith in Christ and not in keeping the law. 
I think I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's good to remind us. It's good to remember that God, he, he took care of everything we need. Like we cannot earn our salvation. We cannot earn right standing with God. It's all up to him. He chooses. He chooses. He, he, he had chose Jesus, his one and only son, to come into this world to become sin for us, that we would have the opportunity to, to become the righteousness of God by receiving his righteousness as a gift through faith. And I'll have to figure out where I left off there. Let's see. It starts with our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness. Did I read that stuff? Do you guys remember? Well, it's in there somewhere. Oh, that's all the way up in chapter 5. Okay, we're going to move fast forward here a little bit. So here we go with that up on the screen. It says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. You and I have a perfect relationship with God. He has he set it up to perfection. If there's any miscommunication or broken wires, it's on our end. We just need to go back to the Word and get our connections corrected come into alignment with the scriptures, with the truth. So what incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Should I tell you to go on to the next one? Yeah, go ahead. There we go. It is there. But that's not all. Just when you thought that was enough? No, that's not the end of the story. That's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not disappointing, a disappointing fantasy because we now can experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Ethan, you can go ahead and come back. I got back online. You're good. Now I know exactly what's coming next on the slides. So this is all good stuff. Let me just read some scriptures to you guys. For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. That's us. We were weak, we were helpless, and powerless to save ourselves. Now, would anyone dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? No, probably not. We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. That should tell us something about those evil folks that are hurting little Jewish babies. They may be in league with the devil, but God, his heart is broken and he loves them and wants them to get saved. Even Paul had Christians put to death who wrote most of our New Testament that we read. But let's continue with the scripture. And there's still much more to, saying, to say of his unfailing love. Oh boy, I just disconnected again. I guess I'll need you again, Ethan. There's much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration. What's the powerful declaration you've heard through the blood of Jesus? You're like, oh, forgiven. You are now righteous in my sight. Forgiven. Declared righteous. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Well, that's enough to make you smile on your way out the door tonight. You're never going to have to experience the wrath of God. Jesus took it in our place. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, 
how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? Not only are you the righteousness of God, you've been declared righteous through the blood of Jesus, you have been set free from sin's dominion. It no longer has dominion, no power over you. It's been broken. The only power of sin is what you choose to give it. Even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living reconciled to God, all because of Jesus Christ. Okay, it's back online again. Now, we're going to get to the end of the story tonight. It's 8 o'clock. At least I made it this fast in 10 minutes. If you're curious to know about God's plan with Israel and how, like, why are we praying for people that don't love Jesus, that don't, they, they read most, not all, but many, many Israelis reject Jesus as the Messiah. You know, you might ask yourself, why do we pray for them? Why, why does God have so much concern? You know, you might ask yourself when, when Jesus came and the veil was torn and given access, you know, to, to the whole world to come to a relationship with God, then why are we still focused on Israel? Well, it's right there in the book of Romans. If you read Romans, like, chapters 3, 4, 5, 6 talks about sin, 7 talks about sin, 8 is the good news, praise be to God, we've been saved through Jesus. Then you get to chapters 9, 10, and 11, and that talks about Israel's place in this whole story. I'm just going to read a little bit of chapter 11 here. And we're still up there, so I'm going to click... So this is what Paul asked the people in Rome. He's like, okay, Romans, you might ask this question. Did God really push aside and reject his people? I mean, they were his chosen people, right? His chosen treasure. Absolutely not. For I myself am a Jew, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his chosen destined people. Whoa. Maybe the light bulb's coming on for you. Maybe it came on for you tonight. Maybe it didn't. I know the first time I read that, it started to make sense. Now, I stop right there with the slide, but I want to read a little bit more. Haven't you heard Elijah's testimony in the scriptures, how he prays to God, agonizing over Israel? The prophets were agonizing over the nation. They said, he said, Lord, they've murdered your prophets. They've demolished your altars. Now I'm the only one left, and they want to kill me? And God spoke this in response. You are not alone. For I have preserved a remnant for myself. 7,000 others who are faithful and have refused to worship Baal. Baal or Baal. Baal. You figure out how to pronounce it. I've heard it so many ways. Those three ways, basically. And this is but one example of what God is doing in this age of fulfillment. For God's grace empowers his chosen remnant. And since it is by God's grace, it can't be a matter of their good works. Since it's by God's grace, it cannot be a matter of their good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a gift of grace, but it would be earned by human effort. You guys okay? There's just a little bit more to read. My beloved brothers and sisters, I want to share with you a mystery concerning Israel's future. So this is still chapter 11. Concerning Israel's future. For understand, excuse me, for understanding this mystery will keep you from thinking you already know everything. So you guys can read along up here. A partial and temporary hardening to the gospel has come over Israel, which will last until the full number of non-Jews has come into God's family. God knows exactly how many non-Jews, how many Gentiles in this world are going to come into the kingdom. And once the full number comes in, something is going to happen. I don't fully understand it, but this is what the scripture says. That last number, excuse me, which will last until the full number of non-Jews has come into God's family. 
and then God will bring all of Israel to salvation. Apparently, the scripture says God is going to bring all of Israel to full salvation once the full number of Gentiles has come into the kingdom. The prophecy will be fulfilled that says, coming from Zion will be the Savior, and he will turn Jacob away from evil. For this is my covenant promise with them when I forgive their sins. Got just a little bit more to go. Those guys are holding that. They're, they're good. You know what to do, Dad. Just... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sibling rivalry, rivalry that's, what's, that's what's going on. We have a living example of the tension between brother and sister. So now, many of the Jews are opposed to the gospel. Well, we all know that, right? Many Jews are there. We see the videos on Twitter, you know, little Jewish boys spitting on Christians that are, you know, on the sidewalk. You know, there's a lot of different religious expressions in, in the land of Israel. So many of the Jews are rejecting the gospel, but their opposition has opened the door of the gospel to you who are not Jewish. Yet they are still greatly loved by God because of their ancestors who were divinely chosen to be his. And when God chooses someone and graciously imparts gifts to him, they are never rescinded. We use that scripture a lot because it says God's giftings are irrevocable. Now I'm totally messing it up, but yeah, his gifts and calls are irrevocable. He chooses who he wants to choose. And when he chooses, he doesn't take it back. He doesn't change his mind. You who are not Jews were once rebels against God, right? There's a rebel right there in that seat. Rebel, rebel. But now, because of their disobedience, the Jews' disobedience, you have experienced God's tender mercies. Imagine that. And now they are, and now they are rebels. I'm just going to hold this up. And because of God's tender mercies towards you, you can open the door to them to share in and enjoy what God has given to us. Actually, God considers all of humanity to be. Humanity? Hannity? <laughs> Actually, God considers all of humanity to be prisoners of their unbelief. Here we go. See, he's got some favor. He's got some promises for this specific nation of Israel. And he's not going to go back on his promises, on his choosing. But we're all in the same boat. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory. We all can come into the free gift of righteousness through faith in Christ. And then he comes back to this in chapter 11 saying, actually, we're all prisoners of unbelief at one point. So that he can unlock our hearts and show his tender mercies to all who come to him. Who can ever wrap their minds around the riches of God? This is too mind-blowing. See, this is where I feel like the scripture is saying, don't try to figure it all out. Trust God. He knows what he's doing. Just, if he says to pray for Israel, pray for Israel. If he says he's going to save the whole nation, that should make us happy. I mean, we want everyone to be saved, right? Okay, amen. So who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depth of his wisdom, and the marvel of his perfect knowledge? Who could ever explain the wonder of his decisions or search out the, mystery, the mysterious ways that he carries out his plans? For who has discovered how the Lord thinks or is wise enough to be the one to advise him in his plans? Or who has ever first given something to God that obligates God to owe him something in return? For out of him, the sustainer of everything, came everything. <laughs> You're only here because he took it out of himself. Birth creation. It's his dream. And now everything finds fulfillment in him. May all praise and honor be given to him forever. Amen. amen. It says amen. Thank you for knowing the scriptures. You're prophetic. More, more, you, well, I already knew you're prophetic, but now you know even more than you thought. So we're going to take communion, but we're going to respond to these last two scriptures here because it goes right into Romans 12. This was, these were my, my uh, baptism memory verses. 
but I didn't memorize it in the Passion Translation. So it's a little bit more passionate, maybe a little longer, but it's going to be fast. So why don't you guys stand up? Actually, let's do this. Let's, let's grab our communion elements. See, the kids are like, finally, something we can do. You guys are boring us with all that talking and praying. Go ahead and come on up, guys. I've got the grape juice. Tammy has the wine. The win. Preached myself into a sweat up here. Good. Touch them all. That's okay. <laughs> grab a grab a fistful. It's okay. But I'm, I'm going to need to small Okay, so hold the communion elements before you. Romans 12, verse 1, because of everything we read about the mysteries and the marvel of our Creator, how we owe everything to Him. Everything came from Him. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever and ever. And Charla said amen. So then it continues in Romans 12, verse 1. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mysteries? To surrender yourself to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness. Live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. So Father, we hold in our hands this bread and we remember the broken body of Jesus, our King. Jesus, we say we love you, we worship you, and we thank you for what you did for us on the cross. That you took our debt of sin from us and you transferred to us just by simply believing your perfect righteousness. So Lord, we, we feast on you. We feast on what you've done for us. We take your broken body tonight and we eat it in remembrance of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's not necessarily communion scriptures, but why not? Verse 2 of Romans 12 says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. I'm going to repeat that. Just hold the blood before you. The Bible says that the blood of Christ will cleanse your conscience, will cleanse your conscience from, from dead works. The, the, in, the point is it cleanses us. It, it changes something in our thinking, in, in our conscious thought life. So tonight as we hold this cup, we, we see in the scripture here the, the word to tell us, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Jesus, we thank you for the power of the cross, the power of your blood, that it removes our sins, it cleanses our conscious, consciences, that your blood has set us free. God, we thank you tonight that your blood 
changes the trajectory of our world, the trajectory of our lives, of our steps, that you now ordain our steps as we lean into you, as we trust in you with all of our hearts. We choose not to lean on our own understanding or go in the way of this world, but we lean to you. We press into you tonight, and we thank you for the power of your blood that was shed on the cross. Jesus, we drink this cup, we drink all of it in remembrance of the new covenant that you initiated, that you inaugurated through your precious blood on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Well, if I have the song ready to go, I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king. Nothing, Lord, is hindering. I'll become even more undignified than this. No, I'm just remembering the words of the song. But I don't have that song ready to go. So let's just say thank you, Jesus, for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your choosing of us us in this room, that you chose us to be your very own. You chose us when we were your enemies. God, we thank you that you have chosen the nation of Israel to be your people and that you are not finished with what you're doing in them. So God, again, we just bless that land. We bless Jerusalem and we say peace be upon you in the name of Jesus. And peace be upon United States of America, on Washington State, on our border, we declare safety and protection over our lives. In the name of Jesus, our King, amen. All right, guys, we're done. Boy, you guys, oh, and uh, you guys were already here, so next Sunday will be no meeting, but we will be here Wednesday night, so... I know that's going to probably throw us all off. So we're going to be like, oh, it feels weird that we're not going <laughs> to venture to the building. But hey, that doesn't mean that Legacy City Church ceases to exist because you are Legacy City Church. Yeah. This is just a building that we meet in. So, awesome.